0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney.
2: Good morning and welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and Elaine Nunes and in-house guest, Dr. Lisa Romain. First, I want to give honor to my Heavenly Father who's ahead of my life. I also want to thank my dedicated and loyal family members, and I want them to know and want listeners to know that I have such amazing aunties, and I want to say even though I was a handful when I was younger, I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for your honest feedback and support, as, as you know, I try not to throw you guys, I throw my family under the bus on the radio. But I want you guys to know that I always have a lot to talk about. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about dealing with a divorce. And for those that know me personally, you know that I am the marriage and divorce queen. And the show is not to bash anyone, as many may not enter into a marriage to get divorced. But the question is, why are so many marriages ending up in divorce? So today, we will discuss the challenges that come with making that person a choice to end a marriage or union. We will explore the emotional scars. We're going to process the effects that a divorce can have on children, individuals' financial responsibilities, and should one just ride it out and stay married? So today, I want to introduce, without further ado, Miss Eileen Nunez. Eileen?
3: Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good day. Thank you so much, Jeanette, for having me. Um, It's really a pleasure to be here with you. Um, My name is Aileen Nunez. I also host um, on voiceamerica.com. It's absolutely all about you. And my professional experience in working as a marriage and family therapist is that when you look at the aspect of divorce or you know, when couples are coming in to do some work on their relationship, many times the, by the time that they get to us, the relationship has had so many issues because therapy a lot of times is something that's looked down upon rather than it being seen as being the first option or the first to go place. What I find, Janet, is that a lot of times when we get them, it's because so many things have happened in the marriage, in whether infidelity, financial issues, issues with the children, if they're blending a family. So there's so many different aspects of the relationship that people are not really taking seriously at the moment, that it's a buildup of debris of so many different um, aspects that, that accumulate. And by the time that they actually come in and get help, it's it's so it's so hard to to bring them back into the middle point. It's so hard to bring them into a place where they can actually start working on the relationship. And as a Florida Supreme Court certified mediator and parenting coordinator for Florida, in my vast experience working with so many families and couples after. 15 years of experience in private practice, I would say that the best thing, if there's something happening in the relationship and there's a loss of communication or there's not good or any communication, that's really the time that they should start seeking talking to a professional, talking to somebody before it gets out of hand.
2: That is true. And like you indicated, most couples do end up in divorce court because sometimes they wait until it's too late to get help and today we're going to not only talking about if you need to go to divorce court but also give individuals some tip in regard to trying to save their marriage and because the one thing we know is we all deal with we have problems Sometimes people say, how big is your problem? How big is your God? Is your problem bigger than God? Most of us would say no. But not dealing with marital problems sometimes can build up, and a lot of times, with resentment, with hurt feelings, and that can cause one spouse to become emotionally detached from the other. But even before a person becomes emotionally attached, I want to talk about some of the pros and the cons, which you so eloquently gave some in regards to What happens when individuals wind up getting divorced? But one of the things is we have to come up with more of a solution versus focusing on a problem and trying to come to some point in regards to thinking, you know, if I get divorced, is my life going to be better? And what happens during times that individuals are dealing with these marital strife? And what happens with most couples? Even though a lot of times we look at our, our attitudes, our belief, and our perception about marriage, like I started the show by saying, most people do not enter into a marriage in lieu of wanting to get divorced. But let's talk about some of the issues that come up in regards to the problems that some of the marital couples face when they're talking about, I want a divorce.
3: Well, one of the things that I've identified many times with the couples that I've worked with is when they're coming into, Typically, what they'll say is that they're not they're not communicating well, and we really need to dive into what exactly does that mean for each of the two individuals, because one of the one of the highest um, one of the highest rates that I have found have been one of the more challenging and, and difficult aspects of, of being in the in the marriage or being in the relationship. It's not necessarily the lack of communication. It's how people are communicating. If they're judging each other and they're calling each other names, automatically the person or the, the other individual or both individuals are going to clamp up and shut down. So the line of communication becomes scarred. Um, another point or another aspect is it's not bringing in their family of origin into the fight or into the mix because in the conflict process, it's not about, you know, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your kids. It's, okay, what are we doing as a couple? What, what is hurting me and how can I project or, or inform you of what is hurting me? And giving your partner the option, sometimes I'll, I'll go as, as specific as telling them, tell them what you want. Use the words that you would like them to use. Help your couple understand you're not in a good place, but shutting down or breaking away or closing off is not really a solution to to the problem of communication.
2: Okay. Now, one of the things I always talk about is the three deal breakers. When we talk about a marriage, a lot of times things happen within a marriage. And sometimes marriage just has its ups and its downs. And a lot of times, sometimes what we do is we focus on the negative and not on the positive in regards to what was it about that person that made you want to get married? What was it? Was it the looks? Was it the fact that you thought that they had money? Was it that, you know, when you thought about making this investment? What was really on your mind? Now, I want to bring Dr. Lisa Romain in as our in-house guest, since I'm sitting right next to her. And I want her to share some of the things that she has experienced in working with some of the couples in regards to some of the issues that they bring to the table before getting to the point of, I don't think I want to be married to this person anymore. Okay, Dr. Lisa Romain? Well, good morning, everyone.
4: Um, I echo a lot of the comments that your uh, guest has shared, but one of the things that I find that um, couples um, talk about is the different parenting styles, and it goes back into the uh, family of origin. If you are parented a certain way, you bring those uh, perspectives into the marriage, and if you've not discussed how you guys are going to parent kids before you have kids, it could definitely be a concern. Also, we give uh, value to the things that we respect and appreciate. And if you don't understand who you are outside of the relationship, you're going to come in looking to your partner to fix you. So those are some of the things that I find that couples bring into the marital session that we have to work through.
2: Okay. Thank you, Dr. Lisa Romaine. I want to throw some things out there because I like playing devil's advocate sometimes when we talk about the pros and the cons. Now, like I said, I've been married many, many times. Only and divorce many, many times, and that paperwork is no joke. But one of the things that I found in my marriages is I never went through premarital counseling. And I remember one time, and I thank Miss Carol Diller because she told my husband, she said, I want you to know. Basically, she's very strong willed, and she gave him some tips. She talked to us, but we really didn't discuss a lot of issues. Now, when we talk about premarital counseling, especially depending on your cultural background, sometimes people are so set in their mind that I know what I want. I want you to be my wife. And they don't talk about a lot of the tough issues before they get married, which is some of the things that they fight over, whether it's having children, where we're going to live, if you're going to work. Uh, who's going to do what in the home and talking about these responsibilities. Let's talk a little bit about before, for those individuals that are dating, because in order to be married, you also have to know how to date. You have to know who you are before you even come into that marriage. So let's talk a little bit about premarital counseling, because we know once you've already taken that leap of faith and you jumped over that broom and, you know, you had people eat all your chicken and you you drunk all your juice at your wedding reception, you got all these gifts. But let's help some of the listeners in regards to, before you even make that commitment, let's talk a little bit about the value of premarital counseling because that's something else that a lot of individuals really don't know much about. Aileen?
3: I'm completely in agreement with you, Jeanette. A lot of times what I find is if these were, if this was information that was shared before they actually went into the marriage or decided to move in together, even um, then there, would there wouldn't be issues during the marriage or during the relationship. Many times, Everybody's so excited about being with this partner and they only want to see the good side without going into, okay, what is our daily life going to look like? What are we looking forward to? What are our plans together and how do those mirror and mimic each other? Because for example, when you were talking a little while ago, parenting styles are ex- very important, so important that it can make or break a relationship or a family, um, Financial situations you know are they are they good with money how do you how who's better with money who's into managing or saving money? Is there anyone in the couple that you know maybe they don't even look at that as as an issue or something that they even want to talk about many of these topics if they addressed it in a very casual environment, see the thing is that a lot of times. We want to break this idea that therapy is bad. I've seen people before they get married, and they're coming in already with the stigma. Imagine if we're already coming in and we're dating, what it's going to be like. And my hat off to them, and I I will commend them, and I say things like that to them. It's like, so proud of you for even coming here before you do get married. This is a time to be here is so that you can get all of this information out in the open and you can identify, okay, this I can live with. And this is part of, you know, how I think and my value system and information from my family of origin. And these are things that I really can't live with. So bringing all of that and opening up a session is so spectacularly powerful. Um, that, Go ahead.
2: I want to say that is true, because when you bring that up in a session, a lot of times you get to know about a person, or at least you know what, how they think. Mm-hmm. You're, you're throwing topics out there that they may have ne- never even thought about, because all they're thinking about is, I want to be your husband, I want you to be my wife, but a lot of things don't get discussed. Now, when, we talk, when I said something in regards to attitudes, belief, and perception, I know in my family, For some reason, many of, especially the women, we thought we had a curse on us. Because for some reason, we just can't stay married. And those that are married, I have one aunt, I commend her. Because no matter what, through thick and thin, she sticks it out with her husband. And even when they were going through their ups and their downs, she kind of did not want to get a divorce. Where me, on the other hand, after two years, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't do this. So what is it that when we talk about the perception, the attitudes, what we saw in our families, why is it that families and that past and just that cycle, why is that cycle so hard to break when you're talking about staying in a marriage?
3: Well, I think that the value system obviously um, is taking a big, um, a big impact on the individual. And if, it, and if it is something that in a family of origin has been noted as This is something that you can do and going into divorce or divorce process or the whole separation, then that's part of that's part of the 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 teachings that the family has put out into their women or into their their family members. If it's a place where, um, for example, I've been married 36 years and for us, you know, divorce is really the last option. It's not even, it's not even something you talk about. I mean, it's something that you go out and you seek help, whether it's, you know, through your religious um, background or whether you go through counseling or whether, you know, it's something that you just work through on your own. It's not necessarily something that would be the first, um, it definitely, definitely is not the first option.
2: And I'm glad you shared that. And I commend you for being married as many, as many years as you have. And a lot of times I want to go, cause we're going to be taking a break in a few minutes, but basically before we even take that break, one of the things is if the negatives outweighs the good in your marriage, your marriage can be in trouble and in need of help. If there's more trouble in paradise, then you need to get help or learn how to confront those issues that are causing problems in your marriage. Because problems feed on inactivity, not taking proactive steps to solve marital problems, which will lead to problems and it only makes sense that the bad will soon outweigh the good in your marriage. So a lot of times, like I said, we focus so much on the bad, what this person is not doing, my needs are not being met, to the point that we we don't think about What this person is bringing or contributing to my life in regards to why it's going to be better or beneficial for me to stay in my marriage. So, like I said, we're going to be taking a break. So I want you guys to think about it now. Do you I want you to do yourself and your spouse and your marriage a favor. Don't allow scales to either tip too far to the bad before seeking help and guidance in how to deal with those negative marital issues. And if you have some marital issues that you want to talk about, give us a call on Voice America Empowerment Channel with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney, Dr. Lisa Romain, and Ms. Eileen Nunez. Until then, let's take a break.
5: your world motivate change succeed voice
0: do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life it seems like we do but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control how do we get our thoughts back on track so to speak Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
5: Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the mental sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Empowerment.
1: are tuned in to precious predicaments to reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to jabneylmft@gmail.com. at gmail.com now back to precious <laughs> predicaments
2: okay welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jadette Abney and Dr. Lisa Romay and Eileen Nunez. I want to first say Lisa teased me with some bananas because she though, I can't stand bananas. So today's topic is about dealing with a divorce. And we were talking about some of the problems. And a lot of times we focus more on the problems versus stop finding solutions. So I want to give you, the the listeners, some tips in regards to when we get to the point that we are frustrated because every time we try to discuss marital problems with our spouse, they kind of pull away from us. And sometimes we may have tried to express that we no longer care or that they start distancing themselves from the marriage. And even though we know that it is not uncommon for either spouse to withdraw if they feel the issues in the marriage are being avoided by the other spouse, Eventually, one or the other spouse will shut down altogether and no longer be interested in solving the marital problems. A lot of times I've seen in my private practice, because I myself, Jeanette, I'm a licensed marriage family therapist with five different locations that I work out of in the Orange County area, San Diego County and Oceanside, and in the Riverside County at the Marietta office. But one of the things is, a lot of times, one of the partners have either shut down felt rejected, felt unheard, felt that the other person didn't want to be with them. So what happens is they kind of just give up. And when they give up on a the marriage, they give up on themselves because they have this doubt of, should I really get a divorce? Or is do this person love me, don't love me? It's kind of like she loves me, she loves me not. So Eileen, speak a little bit about that when you see that one of the partners have either
3: just shut down or checked out of the marriage. It's so interesting that you're bringing this up, Janet, because that's exactly um, that's exactly what I see many times. One of the things that I like to encourage when I'm working with the couple is I will still put in a few sessions of seeing them individually. Why would I do this? Um, what i find is if the person has low self esteem or they have family of origin issues or they're not really sure how to be in a relationship because we learn relationships from our parents or from our from our family if they don't have a good indication or a good idea how to be in a relationship, that in itself creates a problem within the line of communication. For some people, it may be that they prefer to just retreat and step away and detach for two days and and be in silence with their partner. Other people don't work very well because at that point they're feeling dismissed, they feel abandoned, they feel betrayed by their partner. So all of these um, are very important to assess on an individual session how is it that you would like your partner to receive you what do you need from your partner and then when we come back together and we work with the couple when we reconvene with all of this information then we can begin to do some some heavy duty work on the line of communication but if this information is unknown then it's really hard for us to assess okay What's going to be better for her, or for him? And how are we going to find, um, how are we going to help them find each other in the middle?
2: Correct. And one of the things is not only finding a person in the middle, but once the person even come to counseling, and like I said, sometimes one has shut down, the other one is more verbal, the other one may be scared to talk. But one of the things I want to give the listeners some what they call four common sense strategy to either enhance your marriage prior to getting to that point. And one of them is, to let go of unreasonable expectations. A lot of times we have expectations of the other person and they may not even be able to meet our expectation and never even, we knew they weren't capable of meeting our expectations when we married them. So when we get to the point to whether they are reasonable or unreasonable, we need to discuss that. And not only talking about unreasonable expectation, a lot of times, and I've heard you say, Eileen, too, when we talk about communication skills, a lot of times individuals say, well, I told the person this, I told the person that. You know, my husband used to get on my case telling me I don't listen. I listened, but didn't mean I wanted to do what you told me to do. But when we talk about developing good listening skills, we know that that is a form of communication. But we also have to understand that communication skills are imperative to having a good marriage. Because what most people don't understand is that communication is more than just the ability to talk. You must have the ability to listen and to attempt to see things from your spouse's perspective. You may not agree with your spouse's perspective, but you have to just pretty much understand where they're coming from. Lisa, I want you to talk a little bit about that because I know that you have a lot more patience when it comes to hearing the other person out. Mm -hmm. So share your experience in regards to seeing it from your spouse's um, perspective. Mm
4: -hmm. I often share with clients and the students um, in the classroom that we have two ears and one mouth. So two ears to listen more and one mouth to speak less. And oftentimes we have in our mind what we want to say and We are having a dialogue verbally, but we're missing all of the nonverbal cues. So if we just take that time to listen more and talk less, we'll be able to pick up on the other person's energy. Communication is not about me getting my way. It's about putting yourself in the other person's um, shoes, if you will, sitting there for a moment and recognizing how can we come away with... um, an agreement in the sense that I heard you, you heard me and even though we don't get our own way, but we can still love each other, we can still be friends after that um, and do it in such a way that we're not violating someone. Oftentimes, our communication style uh, it goes back to the family of origin. If we saw that uh, fussing and arguing was the way to get our ways, we take those um, dysfunctional um, things into a relationship and people often wonder, you know, How is it that we're not able to get along? Well, the other person that you're in the relationship with might have come from a very different environment where they didn't have a lot of cursing, throwing things, and uh, when you guys come into a new relationship, you're trying to figure out, so what's my love language? What's your communication language? And if we don't have a safe place to discuss that, we're not communicating. We're missing each other. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, uh, falling in love with the same person, if you will, Um, over and over again. And part of falling in love with a person is understanding who they are um, and giving them a safe place to explore that.
2: Thank you, Lisa. I also want to talk about, in regards to good communication, a lot of times when we just say talking and we also, I want to put it out there that good communication also means being willing to not only speak the truth, but hear the truth. Couples must feel that, that they are free to say what they feel then say it without fear of repercussion or retaliation. Because what happens a lot of times is individuals are walking on eggshells and they're afraid to really tell the person how they're feeling. And one of the things that I normally do, and I want to get your input, Eileen, is I use the I statements. And a lot of times individuals do not understand the concept of I statements because when you're communicating with someone, you don't want them to become defensive. You don't want them to be blamed for how you feel, but you want them to understand that these are my feelings. This is what's going on with me. I do not like it. And this is how I would like it to be. Eileen, share a little bit about your experience with using I statements.
3: It's so interesting because um, in the practice um, in my prior practice using solution focus which is very much about using the i statement is one of the most powerful therapeutic um, systems out there um, allowing the person to own their experience in the relationship and what is happening for them by using and applying the i statement really allows the partner to to understand and to realize that they're not that you're not just disagreeing with them because you want to be right or wrong or because you want to point out that they're right or they're wrong because it's not it's not a battle it's not a competition and I explain this to couples all the time using the I statement is about understanding where your partner's coming from and also implying where you're coming from and and the listening skills, like Dr. Lisa just, just commented on, are so empowering. If we can talk, we can listen. And, and allowing the, the, the position or wherever the person is coming from is so empowering when we can allow them to just be who they are without feeling that like there is a consequence for them speaking up or speaking out how they're feeling.
2: Okay, we have a caller on the line. We have Stephanie Calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie, welcome to Precious Thank you. with Janet.
6: Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. So, I was calling in to talk about the divorce topic and, like, at, like the option of not getting a divorce, like, really working it out. So, um, I think it's important to really look at, like, where the root of the problems are and like cheating and stuff like that is a symptom of really a deeper problem. So I think, you know, both parties have to be willing to really try to make it work after a crisis.
2: And that's true, Stephanie. I'm going to say, I thank you for calling in because I sent you a message because... I wanted to talk to you because you've been married and you know a lot about me and I know a lot about you too, Stephanie. But the thing is, I remember, like I was sharing with you when I talked to you, when I got the phone call that you was dealing with some things within your marriage. And the first right. thing I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm on my way. Here I come. You know, I'm ready to beat up your husband, help you fight and all this other kind of stuff. But the <laughs> one thing I commend you for is you stuck it out. You Tell the listeners some of the things, because I know you truly believe in family. And, you know, even when divorce became an issue, how did you deal with your pros and your cons in regards to, this is not going to happen to me?
6: Right. Well, just to give a little bit of background, I was married, you know, 20 years. And, you know, during that time, you know, we had our ups and downs, but, you know, we were faced with, you know, some pretty critical issues that really could have broke up our marriage. Um, for me, you know, family is important. I mean, together we have five kids and, you know, the 20-year history. But it was really, like, faith-based. I really have, I had to trust what God wanted me to do. And like I was telling you earlier, it's easier to walk away. It It really is. I mean... In the face of it, sometimes it is easier to walk away, but if you're willing to fight for it and your spouse is willing to fight for your marriage, on the other side of that crisis can be the best marriage that you've ever had, right? It could really, if you deal with the root cause of your issues, not the symptoms, but really, really, really what the problem is, and you do it approaching it, like, you know, I really want this to work. We're fighting for a marriage. It can work. And once you get on the other side, it's like really amazing. Um, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's not for the pain at heart, for sure.
2: You know what, Stephanie? I, I commend you for that. And um, when you said something that's very important, the root cause versus the symptoms. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we get so caught up in the symptoms. Lisa, I know you yeah. want to talk. Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being authentic with the listeners. One thing we do have to remember that even though the marital relationship may terminate, there's still a relationship that needs to be cultivated. And so fighting for it, sticking in is much harder. It's very easy to walk away. But just because you wash your hands of you know, something that was so intimate, there's still a legacy with the children, the family members and things of that nature. And so marriage is worth fighting for. Um, You can get through anything if both partners are willing to work at the core issues and you have to remember that if there are children involved they're looking at you as a couple to see how do I interact with other people how do I interact with my spouse and they need to know um, how to work it out but they also need to understand that when things don't work out how can you do it successfully and so we are teaching a lot by what we are modeling and we do need Mm -hmm. people out there who have been in marriages and I commend you both for being in long-term marriages, but people don't actually have the nuts and bolts of how to make a marriage work. So we need to share with other people and mentor them and let them know things that work. And when they don't work, how to get through those tough spots. The next thing, it
2: talks about learning the fine art of compromise, You know, because when we talk about compromise, compromise is not always about having your way. Compromise is not just one sided where, you know, a lot of times husbands go into the marriage and they're thinking they watch their father and there's a saying that says a happy wife is a happy home or a young lady is taught to please her husband no matter what. And a lot of times we have this misconception of either compromising or being submissive in a marriage. And also being, making sure that we are equally yoked because that's very important too. But the one thing is, and going back to the fine art of compromise, is holding on to your spouse and marriage will at all times mean we got to make some adjustments. And when we make these adjustments, sometimes we may not want to make those adjustments. Sometimes we may not be in the mood or, you know, we may not want to move or we may not want to, to, to do certain things. But because we get stuck on what's wrong and what's right. But the need to be right to prove a point or to not give in is a way of basically sometimes we talk about it can get in the way of couples maintaining a happy marriage. And, you know, we're going to be taking a break soon, but we also want to realize when when we talk about this happy marriage, we have to always be willing to find a middle ground and settle any differences by what's called a mutual concession. Because the one thing is we don't want to go into a marriage unless you understand what it means to make a commitment, first of all, and you have to be 100% sure that you can stand by that commitment you make. Because when we marry or when we are in love and we have all these plans for the future, all we think about is that love and that wonderful future. But we don't think about all the other stuff that goes along with it. So when we make that commitment think, to one another, I, what we believe, what love and the future holds, so we have to basically um, re event and adjust that. Sometimes was that you going to say something, Stephanie?
6: Yeah, I just want to say trust has to be like the foundation of a of a any relationship. You have to have that trust. And when you talk about a wife being submissive to her husband or a husband protecting the wife, that all is based around trust right you're not going to be submissive to someone you don't trust and submissive is like different in different terms I'm, you know we don't live in you know 1800 so we don't really say submissive like you know do anything you say but okay. you know really recognizing Correct. a man needs to, to be a man as I
2: say, and the parents say do as I say not as I do and then yeah. a lot of times when we go into marriages we start thinking that same thing and using those same philosophies and so we have to learn how to make those adjustments mm-hmm. okay Eileen you have something you want to say
3: Absolutely. I'm in, in complete agreement. And, you know, I commend you, Stephanie, for the, the hard work. And I'm sure that it wasn't easy to stay, um, you know, in spite of, you know, the 20 years and, and, the, and the children in your family. So my, my, you know, big applause to you. That's not easy to do. But you're right. Out of crisis, great things happen. Because in that crisis moment that you were both enduring at that time, you got You had the opportunity to become close and really listen to what each other was going through and that, unfortunately or fortunately, does help to mend the relationship and helps to make the relationship stronger. So I'm glad that you guys were able to take a crisis and make something good out of it and and you're here today to talk about it. Well, thank you. Okay,
2: now I'm still waiting on other people. You, know, you can email me, you can call me, and then we're going to talk about some of the tough signs, not only just basically talking about thus in regards to communicating, but signs that my marriage isn't working. I'm not happy. I'm going to give you five different signs. It says, these are five signs. When These are basically in regards to women. Other men look more appealing to me now. Or sometimes, you don't. the person don't want to spend time with their partner, or they're edgy and snappy with their partner, or they would prefer to spend time with their girlfriends, or you're not into being intimate. Now, we're going to be taking a break shortly, so I want you to think about some of those things, because those are some of the things that people say when they're not happy in their relationship. And sex is one of the big ones. And a lot of times, sometimes even people get divorced and still go back and have sex with their ex. So we're going to be taking a break, and until then, we'll think about it, think about understanding our ways of dealing with a divorce, and we'll be back.
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you DESERVE to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count.
5: Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to lmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Welcome back to Precious Predicaments
2: with Jeanette Abney, Eileen Nunez, and Dr. Lisa Romay. Today we're talking about dealing with a divorce. And as you can see, today we're talking and we're focusing more on if you made that decision, we understand. We want to share with the listeners to make sure that you, as just like you entered into that commitment to marry, that once you do decide to take that step and get a divorce, that you know why and you understand why you did what you did. So... I have here what's called the worst reasons to get a divorce, because like I said, a lot of times we deal and we become so fixated on our emotions, we're mad, we're angry, the person either had an affair or we didn't get our needs met, whatever the case may be. So I want to share with the listeners some of the worst reasons. One, as we ended the show, we talked about they don't make me happy. So one of the things I want the listeners to know is when we talk about, you know, I fell out of love with that person, they don't make me happy anymore. No one is responsible for your happiness, but you. So that's one of the things that we really have to take responsibilities for. If we take responsibilities for how we feel, that could also help us when we talk about what's called emotional maturity, because our emotions can get all out of whack when we talk about that. Lisa, you want to say something about he don't make me happy or she don't make me happy anymore? Mm -hmm.
4: Well, one of the things that we don't recognize is when emotions run high, our ability to think rationally and communicate is very low. And we need to create those safe places once again to talk about intimacy, which is different than sex. Sometimes people use those words interchangeably, but intimacy is into me, into the other person. Let me share my vulnerability. Let me share with you who I am and give me a safe place to do that. And so when we talk about sex, right, then that is what are my specific needs in that area. And oftentimes intimacy um, gets intertwined with that.
2: Okay, we have a caller on the line. But before I introduce the caller, I want to say the second worst reason to get divorced is she never wants to have sex or he never wants to have sex so we have a caller Samantha from Phoenix welcome Samantha
7: good afternoon how are you
2: I am well
7: good well I think you know why I'm calling Um, for one I've been divorced twice on my third marriage and the second divorce is the one I want to talk about Okay. Because the that one I think was the most heartbreaking for me because I felt like I really, really tried in that marriage. Mhm. The problem in the marriage was when I tried to explain my emotions or explain the reason why we were having why I felt like we were having the problem. My emotions were were demoted or downgraded, or uh, I felt like there wasn't um, appreciated, like I was crazy for feeling the way I felt. So he recommended a separation, mm-hmm. and with that, I told him that I didn't feel... I've never known anything to be broken to get fixed by separating. If you have a crack in something, you don't separate it to fix
2: it. Correct, And you know, Samantha, sometimes we get into relationships with unhealthy people. And when we get into relationships with unhealthy people, we so focus on trying to fix them, we become broken ourselves because we exhort so much energy in trying to patch them together to make them happy. And yes, you did. Because even when you got married, and I was, you know, I can say too, I've been a bridesmaid almost as many times as I've been a bride. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to hit Lisa before Lisa hit me because she going to be like, no, you didn't just say that. It's <laughs> yes, I did. I started to keep all my, my bridesmaid dresses to become my party dresses. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, and talking about that is, and you know, and I know who your ex-husband is, and um, we kind of got the same name, and that was a whole other story. We could share it another time right. how we That's wind right. up with the same names. But basically... When you're dealing with a person that really don't know how to express emotions themselves and you go to them with how you're feeling about a particular situation and topic, I don't think he really knew how to be perceptive of how you was actually feeling. Because one of the things you did, Samantha, you uprooted, you left your family, you left everybody behind to try to make that marriage work. And I mean, we didn't know just like with Stephanie. I thought I was about to get on a bus, a train or someplace and come fight again. So, but the thing is, what made you get to the point that even though you kind of took that risk, what made you get to the point to where you basically said, you know what, I I can't take this anymore? And I want to say, Eileen, do you have any suggestions for Samantha in regards to what she was saying, how, when she wanted to talk about how she was feeling her husband kind of shut down? Do you have any suggestions, Eileen?
3: Well, what is very typical that happens in these cases is the person begins to lose their identity. And that's where um, it's very important, Samantha, that in these sorts of situations that you feel that how you feel is very is genuine and it's real for you and even though the person doesn't want or didn't want to um, participate that it's not on you because a lot of times we get fed by our by our partner our spouses well you know just because they don't want to engage and have the conversation with you you may even feel guilty so then the package just comes right back over to you and it's your fault because you know this is just the way he is this is just the way that he was and he may have used those lines to manipulate the situation and then continue to evade having the open line of communication that you so much needed at the time. So having your your communication or your expression um, demeaned that way uh, must have been a very difficult situation because it was, it was very, it, it could have been very hard for you to try to get him to engage in, and want to at least meet somewhere in the middle. But at that point, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's a lost loss because if they're not, if he's not willing to meet you somewhere in the middle or halfway into the communication or the conversation, then it, it just falls right back on you. A lot of times that's what happens in relationships. And I see this a lot in women where we began, we began to feel responsible even if our partner was cheating. You know, you know, it was my fault. I didn't take care of him. I didn't do That sounds like him talking. That should, That really doesn't sound like it's coming from, from a good place from you. But it's because sometimes we give so much and we get so lost in the relationship that, you know, the identity crisis, especially in, in a lot of cases. I'm not going to say all of them, but many cases, it's a female that, that really gets the hit because she wants so much to be self-servant or, or, or so... Um, um, helpful in the situation and, and gives so much of herself that she loses herself
2: mm-hmm. I want to share because we it kind of going into the topic in regards to the worst reasons to get a divorce and now that we're talking about sex and things of that nature they, you, they indicate that the second worst reason to get a divorce is because the other person never wants to have sex now one of the things i've heard a lot of people say is when i first met them they was dropping like it was hot we was doing it like bunny rabbits we was doing it all the time and now that i'm married to this person they wearing grandma panties to bed they coming up with all these different excuses they don't want nobody to touch them and i'm living in a sexless marriage or the other person starts cheating but you know and they say you know in regards to most men also complain that's a most men's biggest issue is that their wives don't want to have sex anymore and they kind of went from having sex daily to either once a week to sometimes not having sex at all and we know that like I said divorce is an option But that is not a legitimate reason to go straight to the courtroom to get a divorce because you're not having sex anymore. One of the things that you can do is you can find ways to bring that spice back into your life, your intimacy. You know, find out if there's medical reasons why the person is not um, interested in sex or they're having a low libido. A lot of times because we lack communication, we're kind of afraid to talk about some of those things. Now, the next one is, and we can piggyback and go back to the sex, but the third reason is you're bored with the marriage. Now, Samantha, in your marriages, did you ever deal with boredom? Just being bored?
7: Yes. Share, tell us what that was like. It feels like you're
2: abandoned, like you're
7: alone, like, you know, you married this person, they're supposed to be your partner. And you shouldn't feel alone in a relationship. And you asked me, what was it that broke the camel's back? What was it that made me feel like I was done with this relationship after doing everything that I did? And that was it. I felt, um, I grew up feeling like if you do it by yourself, you may as well be by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's where I had gotten. I felt like if I'm going to be in a relationship by myself, I may as well be by myself. If I have to do this all alone, then I may as well be all alone and continue to work on myself. Because that's what happened. I grew, and that person didn't grow. All right. And when and I know. tried to... When I tried to... Like I said, I come from a family where there's not very many emotions shown when you're disappointed, you're mad when you, you know. So, but I had grew into being able to explain the difference in my emotions. You know, you disappointed me, or you hurt my feelings, and you know, they they knew my family. They were, you know, they had been around my family a while, so they knew my family. Or well, they thought they knew my family. That mm-hmm. was the thing. They thought they knew where I had came from, but they didn't. And so they tried to pigeonhole me into that. And you, you need to suck it up. You need to do this. Oh, it's not that serious. You're making it out to more than what it is. But it was that serious. I'm trying to tell you that our marriage is on the line. And you, just because you're comfortable, don't mean the whole thing is comfortable.
2: hmm And, um, you know, and the fourth reason that is the worst reason to get a divorce is we've grown apart. And we know sometimes that that's a normal occurrence in most marriage and with life that goes along with living daily. And, you know, you wouldn't be surprised. Sometimes people go and pursue their education. Sometimes individuals take other jobs. And, you know, Paula White said it best when she said a relationship is healthy. When I can grow, you can grow, we can grow. And you kind of want to complement each other. And a lot of times when people start growing apart, and a lot of times that has to do with their fears, their insecurities, and, and things of that nature. Now, we're going to be closing very soon, but I want to share, like I said in the beginning, we have the deal breakers. We're not saying that everybody should just run to the divorce court, and I'm also not saying that everybody should just run to the altar, we need to take time to know people. We need to invest in ourselves before we can try to make that investment into others. Because when we talk about things of that nature, I do workshops in regards to Help Me Save My Marriage and Relationship and so does Dr. Romaine. And the things that we talk about in our workshops have to do with trust, honesty, conflict resolution, communication, forgiving one another, value one another, teamwork, and love, and talk about what love is about. Now, if you've gotten to the point where you need to get a divorce because of the three deal breakers, whether it's abuse, because abuse is never acceptable or tolerated, when you're talking about abandonment, someone has abandoned you and don't want to be with you, or addiction, because it's very hard to be married to a person or stay in a committed relationship when you're dealing with addiction. Those are the things that they call the three deal breakers. Then we have what's called a contested divorce, an uncontested divorce. An uncontested divorce is when the other person, you can agree upon certain things. We didn't get a chance to talk about the financial aspects of it. We didn't get a chance to talk about when you divorce, you not only leave your children, you basically have to learn how to co-parent because many people stay in marriages because for the sake of the the child, So basically, those are some of the things we have to be mindful of before we run down to that courthouse. And also with military families, a lot of times with military families, people have what's called a contract marriage. They married to get certain benefits and things of that nature. And then once they married, they didn't know how to deal with a lot of the challenges that they had to endure within that marriage. So think before you jump that broom and also think before you decide that you want to untie this knot and have an idea of what that's actually going to look like. Because like I said, when you talk about the of assets, when you're talking about sitting in a courthouse and somebody wants all of your money or half of your money and you're like, look, but you didn't put in all the work to get it. So those are things I want you to think about. Now, I want to thank you guys for listening. I also want to thank Samantha, Lisa, Stephanie and Ms. Elaine Nunez and I hope the listeners found the information to be of value either for yourself or for someone else and remember don't be afraid to get personal or professional help if you are having difficulties with your marriage you can contact myself you can contact Dr. Lisa Romaine, or you can contact Eileen Nunez because remember divorce should be your last resort and try to focus on finding solutions versus heating up the problems. Next week's episode is going to be entitled, How to Help My Loved One Stay Sober. So, tune in on Tuesday, June the 6th at 11 a.m. And until then, remember, you got this. And thank you for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. We hope you've enjoyed this
1: week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.
0: and Management.